Hey guys, this is Mark and Josh again from the Walk in the Light podcast. Today we're talking about limiting our freedom in Christ. This is part two from the, I guess you could call it Galatians or freedom study that Josh and I have been doing. And real quick, before we get into the topic for today, we just wanted to make sure and give credit where credit is due. A lot has been taken from Pastor Lon Solomon, who at the time that he had sermons on this topic, he was the senior pastor at McLean Bible Church. Um, If you want to hear his take on it, we highly recommend it. We've both listened to it. It is under his website, SoWhatRadio.com, under the Bible survey category or series, and it's episodes seven and eight. Again, we both listened to it. We both highly agree with it. We've taken a lot from it. Uh, This isn't, of course, word for word or anything like that, but it it really helped kind of get us on the right track about what we wanted to say. So again, we wanted to give credit where credit is due. So Josh, if you want to start us off. Yeah, so we like to start these out, obviously, with what is it? So although we have freedom to do anything we want in Christ with no bearing on our standing with Christ, there is a number of reasons why we should limit our freedom. Um, we, why do we not get drunk? Why do we not commit adultery? Why do we not murder? Or why don't we live with someone before marriage? Why might someone not gamble excessively? Why would we choose not to smoke weed? Uh, these are the some of the questions that make it easier, uh, that are easier than others. But in today's study, we're going to give you some general tools uh, to be able to make uh, to help you answer them. And so the idea here is is we don't want to um, chain people back to the law, obviously. So it's we don't want to look at it as so much as uh, a do and don't list. But it's like, yes, we have the freedom in Christ. But should we do it? Let's and we want to kind of keep that that lens as we're going through it. Is should we do this? Um, and so the first verse that we want to bring up here today is uh, Galatians chapter five, verses thirteen through fifteen, and it says, "For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word: you shall love your neighbor as yourself." But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And our second one on this is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. And it says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality but for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. Now we're not talking necessarily about salvation. It is necessary for a Christian obedience and sanctification that we are looking into these things. So again, this is not about salvation. This is about our sanctification, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. So we talked about what is it again, we're limiting our freedom in Christ because as Paul says, we're not to be mastered by anything. Not everything is profitable, even though all things are lawful unto us. But what's the point of doing this? Well, the point is, is are we living lives that honor and glorify God? Are we able to benefit other believers? Is this helping our witness to the unbelievers? Are we able to fulfill the great commission? And are we treating our bodies the way they should be treated, which is the temples of God. So in order to answer these questions in respect to what we should and should not be doing, we have six 
questions slash tools which you can use to see whether or not you should limit your freedom. Think of them as a water filter. You know, this is where we kind of get out the gunk, get out the fleshliness, get out the worldliness. So the first question is, is there a clear answer in the Bible? Number two is, will it give the appearance of sin? Number three, will it destroy my witness? Number four, will it harm another brother or sister in Christ? Number five, will it harm me physically and or benefit or not benefit the temple, which is my body? And finally, number six, is it worth my time? So again, that's what's the point. And there's the introduction to the six questions that we use in respect to limiting our freedom. So let's talk about this and kind of give some real world examples. So number one, is there a clear answer in the Bible? And we're only going to have one or two verses per question of these. There's obviously more, but we could drown ourselves and you in a number of verses for all of these, but we don't intend to do that. So the one and only verse for is there clearance in the Bible is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So this is kind of interesting. I remember when I discovered this verse, the idea that a Christian could be a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler, uh, that's not something that's really talked about. But obviously, in light of this verse, we should not be those things. So what is our real world, exa real world example? Well, obviously, don't be a murderer. In, in life, don't go around killing people. Don't go around cheating on your wife. You know, murder, adultery, lying, stealing. Um, anger. These are all very clear answers in the Bible. There's no wiggle room here. So that is the first filter, if you will, of limiting our freedom. Is there a clear answer in the Bible? Then go with it. So number two is, will it get the appearance of sin? So Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 18, it says, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So again, here, don't live with someone before you were married. That's our real world example. So let's talk about that for a second. Do we have the freedom to live with our boyfriend, girlfriend before we're married or our spouse-to-be before we're married? Yeah, we do. We do have the freedom to do that. But what are the people outside thinking about that? So do they think, even if we are, which... More often than not, it's not the case. But even if we are staying pure, sexually pure, do you think the neighbor down the street is going to think that? Do you think your brothers and sisters in Christ at church are going to think that? No, of course not. You are giving the appearance of evil. Again, going out to the bar every single night. Do we have the freedom to go to the bar every day? Yeah, Yes, we do. But is that giving us the appearance of evil? It absolutely is. And in this question, will it give the appearance of sin or will it give the appearance of, of fleshliness, it goes into our third and fourth one, which is, will it destroy my witness and will it harm another brother or sister in Christ? Well, one, if we're giving the appearance of sin, then it's obviously probably destroying my witness. And it's also most likely harming another brother or sister in Christ. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think in Lon's example that he uses when he goes over this topic is, uh, you know, somebody is staying the night at their, well, they're essentially living with their girlfriend, but at night their girlfriend is sleeping on the bed and the boyfriend is sleeping on the couch and they're, they're committed to not um, sleeping in the same bed. 
well, when you leave the apartment, what does it look like happened? You know, what, what, what does your relationship send to the people that live around you? And is that going to destroy your witness as well? Not just the appearance of two people living together and maybe having premarital relations, but also, you know, even if they're not, yeah, even if you're honestly not, but you know, what does it look like? And so that's what we kind of, one of the examples of will it give the appearance of sin is, you know, what do people think when they see it, even if it's not actually what is happening? Yeah. Now, number three is, will it destroy my witness? And you know what, actually, before I go on to this, there's one kind of little side note, which we talk a little bit about later, but I want to pause here about giving the appearance of sin. Be careful that you don't hyperanalyze this one and think, well, am I, am I making other people think I'm sinning? Again, if you're like me or Josh, we have the potential to think about that, and then we won't do anything fun because then we think other people might think we're sinning. That's not leaving, living in freedom. So be careful with that. Use that filter correctly with moderation. Again, living with love and through Christ, not hyperanalyzing to the point where you're not going to live and you're not going to enjoy the freedom that you've been given. Yeah, and I think I think with a lot of these things, well, and all this, all of them on this topic, but a lot of the things we talk about, um, we kind of try to go it very in depth. But we want to be careful not to give the impression that a Christian should be constantly in their mind. Um, I can say from personal experience, and I think a lot of Christians that are very thought-oriented people can agree that when we get into our mind too much, that's where problems start to come up. Maybe not sin problems, but just self-doubt and you know and you start yeah. to attack yourself we don't want to make somebody introspective with these or constantly like hyper themselves. yeah constantly looking at themselves and how they're performing that's not the idea of this is this is just a tool in the tool bag to help you be like okay like you know if there's an area in my life maybe i could be a little bit better at well let's run it through the filter and see what it looks like but this none of the stuff we talk about is to make somebody hyper introspective like mark said it's it's a tool but it's not it's not to overwhelm your life or chain you back to the law exactly thank you yeah and and that's what we're trying to say here so again with this one be careful again the first one we give is there a clear answer in the bible that one we don't have a lot of wiggle room on there's a clear answer in the bible but for the rest of these again be careful because as josh said we're, we're not meant to be so hyper introspective that we stop living you know, we, we lose all joy. That's not the point of this. So again, going back to the list here, number three, will it destroy my witness? Ephesians chapter four, verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And the second uh, set of verses for this is Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. Continue steadfastly in prayer, bring watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So real world example here. And this is kind of broad. If we live like we're unsaved, if we live like the rest of the world, then why would the world or why would the actual unsaved believe we are regenerated, believe that there's anything different about us? Yeah, I think, you know, I feel like if you're a person that likes to party and and party to the extent of, 
you're hanging out with a lot of other unbelievers and you're and you're always getting drunk you're always you're always the person at the party you're always the one getting drunk and making bad decisions well if you run into these people that you commonly see at parties and they have questions and you go to witness to them they may not believe your witness because you're living a life that's you know just as reckless as they were so they may not seek your answer even though you may have a good um, you know, witness line and, you know, a method to witnessing to people, but they may not buy into it based upon what they see and out of your actions and your lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and I've said to Josh, I've actually said to quite a few people, one of my biggest fears in my life is for me to have a friend that say I've had for a while. And then somewhere down the road, we get on the topic of the Bible, salvation, Christ, etc. And they go, wow, Mark, I, I would have never guessed you were a Christian. I mean, that thought, I mean, it hurts me now just thinking about it. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the point here is live the part. Live like you're regenerated. Again, take it in moderation. Not saying that you can't have fun or anything like that. That's not the point of this. I want to reemphasize that. But if we're living a life that is not honorable, that doesn't prove that we are regenerated, then the unregenerate, the unsaved, will never believe a word we have to say. Now, one other caution to that is unbelievers, the world loves to point out the hypocrisy of the Christian and the hypocrisy of the church. That is inescapable. We are human, the Adamic nature, the man, the fleshly, the worldly nature. We haven't escaped that yet. We haven't been glorified yet. So be, again, be careful with that because there's a lot of people that will go, oh, there's just a bunch of hypocritical Christians and that's why I don't believe them. Well, we're all hypocrites. So keep that in mind as well. We all sin. Yeah, and I think we have to expect to receive persecution, especially when witnessing, uh, maybe not every time, obviously, but we have to know that the potential is out there. And then I also think that, you know, just because, you know, like in Mark's example where it's, you know, somebody says to you, oh, I never would have guessed you're a Christian. Um, I think we also have to be careful with, you know, that answer because, you know, I know some people, you know, they have this theory. Uh, I'll, I'll just give an example. One time I was talking to somebody and I think I may have used it last week as well, where, you know, I was I was hanging out with somebody, you know, uh, at work. We were just chatting and um, and they found out I was a Christian and it was like, you know, in the past I had had a drink with them. And so now their, their perception was, is, oh, well, you're not allowed to drink anymore. And it's like, no, I can. I just, and I, and honestly, I can drink as much as I want, but I choose to limit that, you know, because I shouldn't drink as much as I want, but their perception it was entirely that I can't drink at all. And, and so sometimes we have to, I think we have to be careful with this idea that, you know, an unbeliever knows how we're supposed to live. And I think because they don't. They don't. They don't know how we're and we, supposed to and, live. And we should set that example. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to go over this is we should be that example. We're not We're not required to be their example. Christ is that example. But we should reflect Christ. And I said should. We should reflect Christ uh, to the best of our ability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next here we have uh, <clears throat> number four, which is will it harm another brother or sister in Christ? And for this, we have Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. And it says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to the quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, 
while the wheat person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and if he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while the other esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So here I think we have to be conscious of being stumbling blocks for our brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, an example of that may be uh, maybe I have a brother that, you know, in his past he suffered heavily with alcohol addiction. And, um, and so now he's chosen to abstain from it because um, he knows that maybe at this point in his life he's not ready to have just a little bit. He, he, he can't control himself to the point where he only has a little bit and he knows he'll go too far. So for the time being, at least, maybe he's chosen not to have alcohol at all. And I should be conscious of that and be like, okay, well, if I'm around him. Maybe I shouldn't drink at all either. Um, and again, I have the freedom to do so, but it's out of love of my brother that I shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I, I believe Pastor Lon used that example as well as, as the alcoholism one. But there, there are many other ones. You know, we can take, for example, Christmas. There's debate on how Christians should celebrate Christmas. Can you have a Christmas tree? Can you not? I, I mean, the list goes on and on for countless holidays. Listen. Once again, we have the freedom to do things, but we need to be conscientious of our brothers and sisters in Christ because we need to put them above ourselves. That's why the word talks about the laws fulfilled or, or, or really it's all fulfilled with one thing, loving others as you, you know, as you love yourself. So or loving people more, really putting people above you. It doesn't say the, the whole law is fulfilled in, in one yeah, and, you know, the idea is, is that I should, out of love, be able to exempt my, or, you know, keep myself from doing something that could be a stumbling block for somebody else, even though I know I have the freedom to do it. Um, and so number five here, we have, will it harm me physically or benefit the temple, which is my body? And so the verse we have for that is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it's verses 19 through 20. And it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Um, and so here are the examples we have. And I and we don't want to call anybody out here. What we're talking about is extreme and excessive use. We're not talking about casual use on some of these. Obviously, some of them any use is inappropriate. Um, well, but, we'll just go right out and say it. I think so. There's no confusion. Talk to, taking about like nicotine or alcohol, having a drink with dinner, you know, going out, maybe having a cigar with a buddy. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about excessive use of these things to correct. the point where it's harming your body. Correct. Yeah. If you're, if you're smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, maybe you shouldn't again. And, and we, we've beaten this drum several times. You have the freedom to do that, but should you? Same thing with alcohol. You have the, you have the freedom to drink as much as you want, but should you drink to the point of being drunk all you know all the time? Probably not. Um, and some of these other ones are a little more clear, like pornography or intentional self harm. Um, it's safe to say you should never do those. Yeah. Um, but then you have some that you know is uh, 
a little more debatable, like uh, music, for example. Uh, some, you know, if you're driving down the road blasting, you know, uh, gangster rap and it's talking about, you know, pimps and stuff like that and, <laughs> and you know, turning making, uh, you know, use of derogatory terms and stuff like that, maybe that's not the best way to represent Christ. Yeah. Um, and then there's other stuff like maybe anti-biblical tattoos, um, yeah. you know, stuff that could be offensive to the image of Christ. Yeah. Again, our, our body's the temple and needs to be treated as such. Yep. And real quick, so there's no confusion, the verse I was talking about is, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that is Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Awesome. And so the last filter piece we have here is number six, which is, is it worth my time? And so uh, we have one verse for this. It's uh, Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 and through 17. And it says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So here we're looking at stuff like excessive use of time that doesn't benefit the body of Christ or fulfill the Great Commission. And again, just like the last one, we're not talking about like, you know, enjoying these things and putting a lot of time in them. We're talking about something that is mastering you and completely overwhelming your time that you are making no, no time for Christ in your life. Um, and, you know, some of these, you know, you can do um, a lot. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not a big deal, but it's, again, something that's mastering you. And you kind of have to Making evaluate a lot of it. Yeah. And you have to evaluate yourself on this. You know, something, some of these things, you know, like, uh, you know, five hours a day for one person isn't that bad, but five hours a day for another person is bad because they know that once they get to that five hour mark, it's like, okay, well, maybe I can push back this or I can push back that. And before you know it, you know, that five hours turns into an entire day or an entire week and, you know, and you're giving no time of your life to Christ. But uh, so we're going into them. Uh, video games, uh, gambling, television, politics, and sometimes even our careers and jobs. Um, you know, me and Mark talk about this uh, quite a bit, you know, how God puts us into our career fields. And that's kind of our plate, one of our one of our areas where we can minister or, you know, do the, do the work of God, maybe not even realize it, but sometimes our careers can be, become so overwhelming of our lives that it's all we do. And yep. so that, then it becomes, and it's just like any of them, you know, like putting time into it is okay, but then when it becomes your master and you become a slave to it, then it's, then it can start be, to become a problem. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, after, so that was all six of our little, uh, water filter examples. Yep. Uh, and so just a disclaimer, we are not saying any of these are bad or that you can't do them. Specifically the last example you gave yeah. video games, gambling, all those things. Exactly. But if every moment of every day is consumed with these activities, it is appropriate for all of us to look at our priorities and make sure that we are honoring Christ. Again, it's not wrong to enjoy these activities, but if your entire life is consumed and no time is given to God, then you should ask yourself, am I being mastered by this? And uh, uh, talking about being mastered by it, we have Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, which says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will devote, be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve God and money, or in this case, anything else, really. If, yeah. it, if it becomes your master, it, it, you're, you're really, you have to ask yourself, are you choosing it over God? Are you a slave to it? Yep. All right, so to summarize here, again, we're just going to go back to our two verses because they summar summarize it nicely. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. For you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 through 13. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. But God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Exactly. And so the, the last piece we usually go through is application, because we want to make sure that everything we go over can be applied uh, in day-to-day -day life. And so, again, we just want to run through these. And, again, we're using them as uh, the water filter example to kind of go through these and uh you know, some, you know, you could say it's easier at the top and then it gets a little more complex as you work your way down. But again, the first one is, is there a clear answer in the Bible? Second is, will it give the appearance of sin? Three, will it destroy my witness? Four, will it harm another brother or sister in Christ? Five, will it harm me physically or benefit the temple, which is my body? And six, is it worth my time? So... One more disclaimer is, you know, Josh and I both struggle with anxiety and OCD about our faith. And that's one of the reasons that him and I became friends, started this podcast, is we, we had that relatability between the two of us. And we struggle with it heavily. And one thing that we want to make clear is to never forget that we are free and that we are free indeed. Now, if it is left up to me or Josh, and I'm sure some of the people that will listen to this, we will analyze and analyze and hyperanalyze to make sure that we're not sinning against God. That is not how we are meant to live. We're not meant to live constantly in this hyper introspective state. We are meant to enjoy our freedom. That's what the whole last podcast was about. Now, yes, if there's a clear answer in the Bible, don't do it. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. But when it comes to all these other kind of gray areas, remember, you have the freedom to choose. Your salvation is secure and the love God has for you is secure. Now, what we're not saying is it's just easier to not think about, you know, well, you know, since I don't want to become hyper introspective, I just won't be introspective at all. Well, that's also unbiblical. Paul talks about analyzing yourselves. But what we are saying is enjoy your freedom, but also seek to be Christ-like. Yeah, exactly. Look at it as more of a growth opportunity because we our, our standing with God is not based upon our performance, luckily, because if it was, we'd all be in big trouble. Yes. But just use these, like I said earlier, use them as tools to help you grow. Don't chain yourself back to the law. That's not what this is intended to do. Um, don't put yourself in you know, a hyper-analyzing state or where you're constantly thinking of these things. But just if you have the moment... Um, or if you, and, and use it more for like regularly practiced issues you may have with sin. If, if it's something that, you know, you maybe you do every once in a while or, you know, you just did it. Maybe you haven't done it before. It's been a long time. Maybe, maybe don't go into the filter technique for that. This, we're talking about stuff that's 
you know, that you're regularly doing that maybe you can look at and be like, is this the best use of my time? Again, you're free to do it, but should I do it? That's what the lens we want you to look at this through. So just keep that in mind because the sign of a mature Christian is not someone who does whatever they want because they have the freedom to do so. The mature Christian is someone who limits their freedom for Christ, for other believers, for their witness to non-believers, and for the sake of themselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31 through 33 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as you try to please everyone in everything you do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Yeah, and one other thing I'd like to kind of put to the sign of a mature Christian They limit their freedom for the sake, again, of Christ, other believers, for their witness, for the sake of themselves, while also not chaining themselves to the law. Chaining yourself to the law or indulgence, if you will, are both signs of an immature Christian. The mature Christian limits their freedom out of love. That is a mature Christian. Absolutely. And so, um, again, uh, like we said last week, if you have any prayer requests or praises, you can send those to Walk in the Light at walkinthelightsp.com. Again, that's Walk in the Light at walkinthelightsp.com. Um, the next topic we're looking at uh, doing for next week is uh, salvation, uh, gospel, and grace. And after that, we're going to probably go into since we were doing salvation we already did sanctification then it would only be appropriate that we finalize it with glorification we kind of did it a little out of order but that's okay yeah and uh salvation as far as um the topic we we've done it in our personal uh bible study group which is a lot of what this stuff is organized off of um but we wanted to revisit it and Um, I feel like we're in a better place to have that conversation now and to get better tools. And so that's why we kind of want to revisit again. But that's to kind of shine a light on why we're doing it now instead of at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, We wanted to revisit it when we because the gospel really is the most important part. Um, It's what brings us into the fold of Christ and, you know, starting our journey to become more Christ-like. It's the foundation. And so we really wanted to make sure that we we have all our pieces together when we went into that. And I think we're we're ready to have that conversation. Yeah. It's not something to be taken lightly. Exactly. But uh, again, uh, we said it last week, if you like what we're doing here and you want more daily doses of hope and scripture, follow us at our social media accounts. We have Twitter at walkin underscore the light. Again, that's walkin underscore the light. Uh, we have a Facebook. Uh, you can find us walk in the light, and Instagram walk in the light sp. Awesome! Thank you guys so much, and we just pray that you would be benefited, and that we would be benefited by this topic. And we just, you know, thank God continually for the opportunity to do this. So have a blessed rest of the week. Yeah, and and feel free to reach out to us if you have any comments or things you'd like to talk about. We're like, you know, like I said, our social media accounts, but, you know, just sometimes if you just want to chat, you hit us up. Yep, We'd love to talk. But you guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon.